The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. And this is Anton Savage in for Pat Kenny and Luke O'Neill is in for his regular appearance. And it is time, I think, at this stage to take stock because we're at, I think, what people call something of an inflection point. There are obvious changes happening in terms of public health behaviours. There are obvious uh, changes happening in terms of testing, in terms of vaccination. We, of course, being up at the tippy top worldwide in terms of uh, the the vaccine. We've now, according to the confirmed cases of uh, COVID-19 globally, have crossed a threshold of nearly a quarter of a billion, 223 million cases of COVID so far, Luke. That's right. And every Friday, actually, a global update comes out, and I read it avidly, obviously. And last Friday struck me as a very interesting moment, in a way. This, this assesses the whole world. So it's a, it's a long document. And then it also assesses therapies and vaccines and the whole thing, you know. But yeah, we've reached 223 million cases, 4.6 million deaths now have been confirmed from this virus. And they're quite significant numbers, obviously. Nowhere near as much as the 1918 pandemic yet, thankfully. But still, it's heading in that direction. Is the, Are is the numbers concern. still lower than they're 1918? still lower. Yeah, yeah. That was 50 million people died we think now it's hard to measure back in 1918 1919 but but it's a lot less than that still but still 4.6 million deaths and as you say a quarter of a billion cases and these are probably underestimates because the full range of testing wouldn't be as extensive but still it's an indicator and then it goes through every country and every kind of continent and gives us the current situation with, di- with significant disparity between Big differences the best and worst to yes. use that phrase well there was good news South, Af- South America has turned a corner so cases are declining was the big, big uh, bottom line there Brazil cases are going downwards uh, same in Argentina and Colombia since late July they think they began to turn in those countries and then cases start to plummet which is a great thing to see and of course partly it's vaccination uh, 60% are now uh, partially vaccinated in Brazil and Argentina in Uruguay Chile 70% fully vaccinated so they've really done well and then you're combining that with natural infection and then that will of course fight the virus as well so they were, they were quite good numbers but then the bad side was Southeast Asia they're doing worse so they're, they're going the other way in a sense you know and some of those numbers are a bit more a bit more disturbing so you get this kind of overall global picture of, of quite a mixed picture but still the signs are immunity is building up in the world which is great through natural infection and then you combine that with vaccines then we're heading in the, in the right direction overall When you look at, at um, disparity in the numbers like that to what do you attribute it? Is it, is it different public health measures? Is it is different vaccination? Is it the behaviour of the virus itself? It's, it's complicated. It's always very complicated. There often isn't a one-liner in a sense and it must be the, the virus itself and the, the Delta of course is the big issue now. So one reason why Southeast Asia is in trouble I think is there wasn't much outbreaks there before like Vietnam had done very well in the first phase. Delta comes along it's more transmissible it starts to spread much more you see. So now what that tells us is some countries would have built up more natural immunity in the previous variants, if you will, that protect against Delta. If you didn't have that previous immunity, when Delta comes in, things get worse, or if you're not vaccinated. So that was one reason. Vietnam is is the one that they really flagged in this report. Actually, massive spike happening. Uh, There were hardly any. There were 35 deaths up to April. There's now 13,000 deaths in Vietnam, you see. And uh, 4,000 cases. Half a million cases in Vietnam, you see, in that few months. So this massive surge has happened there, you see. And then that's obviously a concern for the Vietnamese and yet again the vaccination campaign was slow 
you know, 3.3 million out of 96 million were fully vaccinated in Vietnam. So that's that's a small proportion. Which and means they're having to do all the things that we had to do previously, like lockdowns, Ho Chi Minh City lockdown since mid-August. Is yeah, that right? it's 80% of the numbers in Vietnam are in Ho Chi Minh City, first of all. And now that city is in total lockdown since August 23rd. It'll stay in lockdown probably for two more weeks just to get a handle on this because it's running so fast there, you see. And then, of course, they're trying to ramp up vaccination. So, so each country... Is at a different stage and has its own story is, is the way it's going. You talked about how Delta changed the um, reality for Vietnam. What then of things like Mu and other variants that are coming out? What's the well, we're watching those, as you know, and Mu and, and Lambda with the two. These are variants of interest, not yet of concern, which means there's no evidence that they're worse than Delta, but they're still different. And there's three differences in Mu that we look at closely and wonder what do they mean because we don't know what they mean yet. You know, in other words, you can, it's slightly different to the previous one. So they're being watched. Now, the, the good news there was they haven't taken over South America. Um, uh, Mu began in Colombia and that hasn't become dominant there. At least it, it was dominant for a while but now it's sort of in abeyance, you know. But again, we don't know. I mean, this is, this is the, as you know, we discussed before, the big unanswered scientific question is variance. Now, the good signs are if cases fall, vaccines go up, less chance of variance. So, and South America is heading in that direction. So we're probably less likely to see variants from South America. And I assume that one of the things that from your perspective is advantageous when you have this level of case numbers is you have huge cohorts to study to look at how variants are developing. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's an incredible story from an immunologist's point of view, actually, Anton, because this is a global pandemic, remember, which is incredible that just even to say that we're still struck at the enormity of it, aren't we? And it's 18 months in all over the world. This is spreading different countries, different measures. You can imagine the number of PhD theses will come out of this because all the analysis that's happening is really informative. And of course, that could be useful then for, for future ones. But you're quite right. It's like one massive sort of pandemic happening in all these countries. And we're all looking very closely at what's happening. And it is, in, in the most positive sense, it is being exploited by all of the pharmaceutical companies. We're seeing drugs and vaccine trials fit to beat the band. Now, here's the update. It's the next part of the update. And to be honest, 17 vaccines are approved now. And I didn't realize there's so many. Like, I knew we had the four that we have in Ireland, you know. But there's other ones. The Sinovac, there's the famous Sputnik, you know, and then other ones as well. So 17 are now being marketed globally. And are they all RNA? No, they're a mixture. Yeah, some are RNA, some are these called adenoviral vector ones. There's probably four different types at the moment, actually, if you think roughly. So, in other words, there's all these vaccines now being deployed. I mean, can you imagine that this disease was only discovered 18 months ago? It's still a striking thing that gets me, you know. And then the US... On Friday, again, this is in this report, they're now mandating vaccines for all companies of more than 100 employees, right? They've said that that's what people should do. And if an employee won't uh, take a vaccine, they've got to be tested every week. That's the kind of other side of it in a way. But they're, they're encouraging every company with more than 100 to make sure you vaccinate all your staff. And of course, what they also said last week, all federal employees have to be fully vaccinated. That's now, in other words, that's the government is your boss there saying you have to be vaccinated. Isn't so. it remarkable for a country that so prides itself on civil liberties that they would be willing to accept the kind of actions that on this side of the water, there would be uproar if you tried to bring them in. Yeah. And there's kickback. Certain states are saying no, you know, so we'll see what happens next. But it's, this is the federal government trying to do its best by its people, I suppose, on one level. And they're saying that this is what we think you should do. It doesn't mean people are going to do it by any means, you know. But still, it was interesting, the US administration issued that very clear directive last week. On the topic of the 17 vaccines, is there likely to be any proxy benefit from the development of the COVID-19 vaccines as in is there a chance that we will discover do you know what while we're at it lads we've managed to create vaccines that are the basis to cure a lot of other stuff very much so I mean you can imagine the, the level of interest in vaccines in drug companies went up hugely because of COVID for obvious reasons and then they want to can we use that technology now that we've used in COVID for malaria 
or TB or HIV. They're the three big infectious diseases that kill a lot more people than COVID, remember. And we've been trying for decades to get vaccines for these diseases, you see, and failed. But now, this new technology, the RNA in particular, there's a trial with an HIV vaccine happening as we speak using RNA. So again, there's optimism. I mean, in fact, literally on Friday again, I was talking to some of my vaccine friends and they were saying, this is great for us because now we can really push this, you know, and get support for it and, and really try hard using these newer technologies. And they're very optimistic. They're going, we may well crack it. We may well get a vaccine for AIDS. We may get one from it. And of course, it's early days. I haven't said that. But, you but can even see the, the fact that the may is possible. The may is, is there. Remarkable. And, and the level of excitement among them is huge. You know, so it's a good development. What then about therapeutics? Because on, on the one hand, you have the, the vaccines acting as prophylactic, but you then have the issue of what do you do if somebody contracts it? How do you limit its impact? All the rest of it. Is there significant development on that? There is. And we need therapeutics because some people aren't vaccinated and they end up in hospital and, and the doctors will treat them. Of course, they will, you know. And then secondly, a small number of people are vaccinated, may develop a severe disease. It could be they have some underlying condition. And the big question is, can we treat them and, and save them in hospital? And there are 19 marketed treatments now for this disease that you can now get, right? Uh, one is called remdesivir. That's antiviral, for example. There's, there's these monoclonal antibodies which mop up the virus. They're approved in certain places. And I was amazed, 19 are now available, you know. Now, not in every country, obviously, but, uh, but that's the total number. And then even more striking, there are 5,811 trials running with therapies as we speak. You see all these different approaches. Now you'd need to be very unlucky not to get some great therapies out of those trials. So when if there's 5,800 trials running, does that mean that there are to the order of 5,000 individual medicines each being tried? Yeah. It does. Separate medicines. Some are brand new. Some are repurposed drugs that were used for something else. They're trying everything. And then we knew this even a year ago. They were throwing the kitchen sink at this because they knew we need therapies, you see. These trials are now, they'll be reporting soon. And again, can you imagine if one or two of those work and really work extremely? The current therapy's 20, 30% efficacy, you see. We must do better. Wouldn't it be marvellous if we got a full efficacy in hospital? Wouldn't that be tremendous? So again, these trials will hopefully yield even better medicines is the idea. A couple of quick ones for you, Luke. Could you ask Luke when he comes in, would you, what do you think about giving the flu vaccine to all of the 4 to 12 year olds in school to help them against the virus? Oh, tricky. Yeah, I don't know about the flu vaccine there. I don't know what the normal policy is with that actually. They wouldn't normally vaccinate that group. There's a concern about flu this winter, Anton, because see, there's not much immunity to flu because we'd hardly any flu last year. There's a risk in the hospital of seeing an upsurge in flu, you see. So they're talking about, you know, maybe vaccinating more. We'll see. They'll certainly give the vaccine to the vulnerable, the older people, the flu, as, every, as happens every winter, you see. What do they do to the children? That's, that's something that's being debated, I think. Another one. Uh, would you ask, Luke, his view on the UK decision to scrap proof of vaccination on entry to nightclubs there? That's intriguing. I did wonder. I said, what's going on there? Now, one reason for that, Anton, is interesting. It may be this. Now, now again, this is a one-liner I got on Friday. So 90% plus of people in London are seropositive, which means they've got antibodies. Isn't that incredible? So it looks like in London, there's a high level of natural immunity and vaccination. In that situation, you don't need a vaccine, sir, necessarily, because so many are protected. Maybe that's why they've said that, you see. But I think it's a bit hasty. I, I, at the moment, during, at the moment in Ireland, it's good to show the vaccine, sir, for the, the next few weeks anyway you see let's see what happens next but that's, that's a tricky one Luke always fascinating Luke O'Neill Professor of Biochemistry at the School of Immunology in Trinity College 